You're listening to JFDI with two Lauras. This is the podcast for freelance social media managers. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how you can position yourself as an expert within your field so that you can win more clients. Their names are the same, good friends they became. Together they put their brains and magic happened. I'm talking about the two Lauras, they'll be your biggest supporters, what the selling you'll need more of. I'm talking about the two Lauras, I'm talking about the two Lauras. So in this episode, we thought we would talk about a topic that came into us via email from Leanne. And she said we should discuss the difference between influencers and creators who are just sharing tips and ideas. and people who manage marketing businesses with clients. So she said that she expects that other people as well as her compare themselves to these sorts of people all the time. And we see this, don't we? Mm. That people do compare themselves to these sorts of experts who are out there sharing these ideas and strategies that they are, you know, basically saying a gospel. And people are taking them as gospel because of how many followers they've got. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a, it's a real issue. It's an issue, not just for for us as marketers, com- you know, comparing ourselves, I guess, but it's an issue for businesses. They see an influencer has grown their account. They then deliver training or have put on a masterclass on how to to use Instagram, for example. Then, then they're missing the point, aren't they? An influencer's sole job from a social media perspective, is to have a large following so they're attractive to the brands that they want to work with. And potentially, they're also interested in maybe driving some traffic to their site, depending on what kind of work they do, whether they have blogs, etc. But they're not there to sell a product. And that's the, the massive difference. You know, to go and build an, an Instagram account, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's, it's different, isn't it? It's a lot easier to grow a big Instagram account of 100,000 random followers who are not necessarily buyers yeah. than it is to grow a small, very niched account of 2,000 people who are actually going to turn into customers. No, and I think, and you've got to remember, back in the day when Instagram started, it was so much easier to grow accounts. And I've seen that, like firsthand accounts that grew massively and, and it it's harder now. This is back when it was kind of chronological feeds and it, it was so much easier then. So for someone who maybe grew their, the bulk of their following in that era, they have no authority to, to talk about how it works now because it is so different and it is hard. It's really hard sometimes to achieve your goals on social media. It's not an easy thing to do. And unfortunately, they make you feel like it is easy and maybe you're just getting it wrong yeah and it's a lot easier to do it for yourself theoretically than it is for somebody else and somebody else's brand especially when it's very obvious the social channels are a business people are less like want to engage with a business than they do a person don't they yeah yeah absolutely it's not just the follower numbers is it like that little blue tick gives people this incredible authority that people just think that because they've got this blue tick behind their name, they must be the expert. They must know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that isn't necessarily true. No, I have to say, I don't really pay massive attention 
to blue ticks. I do when it's like I'm trying to find a celebrity um, that was seen on Love Island or something. I don't pay any attention to blue ticks when it comes to marketers. I don't personally don't pay much attention to follower numbers either. But I I totally get that you can get wrapped up in that. And I have. I'm not sitting here saying I never have. I I have. I definitely have. And I have compared myself to people like this. And I remember once when I niched into interiors, there was a big interiors influencer who was also starting to push her masterclasses and workshops. And I do really actually, I do like her and I do like her account, but I had a real bugbear with it at the time because I just thought this is the this is different. So she had interior brands and small businesses signing up to her workshops because they wanted to sell more of their lampshades and more of their products or more of their interior design services. And that isn't what that particular influencer has ever achieved via their account. All they've achieved is, is yes, they've turned it to a business and yes, they've monetized their account. And don't get me wrong, like credit where credit is due, they've done an absolutely brilliant job and I'm not knocking that. But what they haven't done is ever sold products or done social media for a third party, i.e. a client, and sold via and, and built a following that way. And it's very different. Yeah, and like your li- your experience is limited, isn't it? If you're only managing your account, you haven't got experience over different accounts, different audiences, different products that you're selling, all of that sort of stuff, different types of content and whatnot. Yeah, it's the same as business coaches out there who have grown, you know, again, decent followers, and now they're doing, I can help you with your social media. And it's like, well, like, you, you can't help social media managers when they are doing marketing for third parties, the clients. It's all very well being able to grow one account, but try growing multiple different accounts, potentially in multiple different sectors that social media managers have to do. It's very different. Yeah, so it's the social media managers who are the experts when it comes to to that sort of side of thing. So on that note, how can social media managers position themselves as experts so that people, even if they've got a small audience, people will take them as the leader in their field, understand that they know what they're talking about, and will hire them, go to them for workshops, go to them for training, recommend them, and actually, you know, trust that the information they're giving out is legit. Well, I think the, the key thing to think about is what you just said, in that it doesn't matter whether they've got a small following, they need to be on social media. And I think we need to turn to start there. Yeah. This is something we say all the time, isn't it? We get so much pushback on this. That social media managers, if you're not showing up on social media, like that is not good. Yeah, I would never take advice from a social media manager or a social media expert or social media consultant, whatever they want to position themselves from. I would never take advice from anybody unless they can show me that they have a presence. I don't care whether people have got hundreds of thousands of followers or they've got 200. I don't, that doesn't bother me. And I know I'm not, you know, I know people do look at vanity metrics. I'm not saying that they don't. But if we wanted a social media manager in this business now, and we asked people to apply and we had 20 applications, 10 of which had a social media presence, 10 of which didn't, I would not even consider. They could have worked with the best clients. They could have a great kind of CV, so to speak, but I wouldn't be interested in them. To me, nah, if you can't market your own business, then I'm not interested. Yeah. If you're not interested in marketing your own business, then why should I trust that you're interested in marketing mine? Yeah, well, exactly. What does that say about you as a, as a marketer? If you believe in social media or marketing and you, you are kind of passionate about it, 
then you would have a presence, wouldn't you? Because that's what you believe in. And you think, every, you know, every business should have social media presence. And we would say that, wouldn't we? If we walked into a room of small businesses, us, us as social media people would say, look, you all need to have a social media presence. Not necessarily on all platforms and blah, 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 but you need to have a presence on so- social media to some extent. But yeah, we, people don't practice what they preach. And then they wonder why, well, no one te- listens to me. No one is booking me. No one's interested in what I've got to say. Also, well, because no one can hear you. No one can see you. We also have people who say, yeah, but I'm at capacity. I don't need to be on social. And that's fine if you are at capacity, but you should still have that presence because like a, a global pandemic could hit and you could lose all your clients <laughs> tomorrow. You know, I mean, yeah. it sounds like a bit out there. Gonna- apparently it happens. <laughs> and, but also, like, if you don't have your own socials, how do you know what has changed on the platforms? We've spoken about this before. We go press buttons, don't we, and just try things out. We would never do that on a client account. Can you imagine going and testing new features on a client account? No, you'd want to go and do that on your own. Yeah. So people might come and look at my Instagram, and, and I am at capacity, and I'm not taking on any more clients. So I'm not sharing the kind of content I would have been doing, you know, a year or two ago. But I do still, you'll go, if you go and look at my Instagram, there's reels on there, which have got nothing to do with being a social media manager. It's got nothing to do with what we do. They're just reels because I've played, I've pressed the buttons, I've tried to figure things out and I've just kept them there because there's no harm. It doesn't really matter when they're on there or not, when they're shit or not, it doesn't matter. But I've, I'm using it in, for that purpose. Now, obviously, if I was still looking for clients, I would still do all of that, but I'd possibly make them look look a little bit better and make them a little bit more relevant and have all the value, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like the first time you make a reel and you press reel buttons is on a client's account. It's worrying. You feel it. Like yeah. You've never done it before, but yet you're doing it on account that someone expecting you to market their business. I just, it just worries me massively. And go, like going back to being at capacity, you can be at capacity and still want to increase your income. If you're not positioning yourself as an expert, even if you're at capacity, you're going to hit an income ceiling that you can't smash through. So I think you still need to be positioning yourself as that expert, that leader in your field, so that even with your existing clients, you can increase your fees. You can go and find new clients who you can replace like lower paying clients with and what have you. I think you're just using yeah. a trick if you're not on social as a social media manager. Yeah, but- we all know as social media people, when you leave an account dormant, this is assuming you've set something up and then you've you, you've been too busy for the last year or you've, you know, what have you, you haven't posted on the To, to try to bring an old account back to life is really, really difficult. It's, so it's, easy, it's sometimes easier just to try to keep it plodding along. In, you know, and yes, you don't probably have to be posting all the time and, you don't need to be using all the features if you're at capacity and you don't need any more clients at the moment. But you should just keep a presence tickling along because you just don't know what's going to happen. Do you remember that message we had from someone? I think we'd, we'd recommended someone or we'd sent them to our directory to find a social media manager and they'd gone and looked at the person and they hadn't posted on their socials for ages. So they just assumed that they weren't working anymore. So you just... Yeah, well, yeah they thought... They thought the business had gone under, hadn't they? Oh, yeah, that was it, yeah. And that's true in itself. Like, I do that. If I'm looking for businesses, especially when I, when I had my work done on my house earlier this year and I was looking for, like, trade people, 
I wasn't expecting to go and find amazing content and, you know, to be wowed by their content. But I wanted to just see that they were still active and maybe had some positive reviews. So I think that's really important, like the perception you are giving to people if you have a really stagnant and old account. That isn't yeah, like if you were looking for a painter and you'd gone on their site, on their Facebook, for example, and they hadn't posted since 2019, you would just not bother phoning them because you would assume that they're not doing anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's plenty of there's plenty of so painters out there. I just move on to the next one. Yeah. And there are plenty of social media managers out there. So people will just move on to the next one. And so I think if you're struggling to find clients and you're not active on social media. And like we've got loads of resources available for social media managers who are struggling with content ideas, like because there's no there's no excuse really in our in our books. Yeah. So going back to the original question, which we slightly digress from, how can someone position themselves as an expert on social, bearing in mind that they are on social? Like what sort of content would you expect to be seeing? I would want to see content that shows that they know what they're talking about. So that positions themselves in their knowledge. So they're giving really good practical advice and sharing content that makes your target audience go, oh gosh, you know what you're talking about. And the, without a doubt, the biggest thing that used to get me inquiries was when I shared testimonials and results on my social media. And I used to share the same ones again and again and again. Didn't even colour. <laughs> just share the same things because that's what generated a lot of inquiries for me. As soon as I was able to start having good results for clients, I was able to, to ride on the coattails of that really. So they're the kind of things that I would want to see proof really that they know what they're doing to give me the confidence to to spend money with them and I think it's as well going back to these like big accounts these big influencers who are sharing all their like Instagram strategies and stuff yeah some of those strategies might not be right but probably quite a lot of them actually are and there's no reason why you can't be sharing strategies to position yourself as an expert just because you don't have a hundred thousand followers doesn't mean that your knowledge and expertise isn't as valuable as their, their knowledge and expertise people take what they're saying as gospel so there's no reason that they wouldn't take your yes. like that you just have the confidence that you know what you're talking about and putting that information out into the world but it's making sure that the words and terminology you use oozes confidence and i don't mean in a really arrogant horrible way like some people do but where people say things like i think or i heard you're not speaking with confidence you're not saying something as fact you're putting an element of doubt into what you're saying and that in itself just those things like the terminology you use and that will come with if you're not feeling particularly confident yourself you'll try to think oh well I don't want to say this as fact because what happens if someone questions what I've said and people panic then and then so soften the the words that they're using in their content to kind of give them a bit of a way out, maybe if someone does question it. Yeah. Which I do get. I, I absolutely get that. But if you're not confident, then go and get yourself confident and then go and post it with confidence because that is a massive thing. And people will pick up on that. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And like there's, I can't remember the exact audio, but there was an audio going around on Reels. It was basically like, I know nothing type thing, type audio. And people are sharing that, but they're sharing it that they know nothing. If you're using those sorts of audios or TikTok and Reels where it's making you look confused and like you don't know what you're talking about, that isn't great. 
You can still use those sorts of things, but do it like your clients don't know what they're talking about and they're confused. So you're portraying them rather than portraying you because no one wants to come across an expert's reel where they are telling you that they don't know what they're talking about or they're confused by updates on Facebook or what have you. That's not a good look. Yeah, I know. I definitely agree. How do you think people get around the worry about not having big follower numbers? Because this comes up a lot, isn't it? Social media managers, they don't have, because they've only just started as we're all entitled to start somewhere, but they have small following that maybe their engagement is a little low, but they're still trying. What would you suggest they could do to still make themselves look like an expert, even though that their following numbers is low? I think they should stop looking at their following numbers. It doesn't matter. If you've got 100 followers on Instagram, yeah, it might not be as many as 100,000. But if you put 100 people into a room, that's a lot of people to talk mm-hmm. to. And actually, it could be quite daunting if they're actually in your face. They're, you've got to remember that those 100 people are actual humans. And just speak to them as if they are humans. And just remember that. Give them advice that's actually going to be helpful. Because if they remember you as the person that's helped them, A, they're going to come back to you when they need you. But B, they're going to remember you and recommend you to other people. So just be as helpful as you possibly can, regardless of how many people you're helping. I think this comes back as well down to if you can share testimonials and wins and case studies really of the work that you've done. So if you are someone who's maybe been in marketing or maybe had a freelance business for years, but have never really prioritised your own social. So you're, you've got the experience, but you don't have the social following. You can still draw on those expertise to show, well, look, you know, these are the types of wins I'm getting for clients. Yeah. And if you're just first starting out and you don't have those sorts of testimonials and stuff, but you're creating good content and people are commenting, saying how helpful it is, you can still share those sorts of comments. Those people want to see that sort of stuff as well. I think in terms of content, that's actually going to be helpful. Think of like tips and ideas, give people, like solve people's problems. If you know that your audience is struggling to make sales on LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever, Give them some ideas on how they actually can do that. Don't be worried that you're repeating what someone else has already said. Yeah. Within our sector, we seem to all follow one another. Now, I never did I never did that because for this very reason. If I followed a load of social media managers, I would see the content that they were putting out, maybe see the same kind of content about the same news thing or, you know, same tips being shared multiple times. And then I would think, you know, I'm not going to share that because... Other people have already shared it, which is ridiculous, but I definitely used to do that. So I used to make sure that I stopped following social media managers and let's say were my friends that I'd kind of got to know over time. So then I, I didn't care because I knew my audience was following me. And this was when it was an audience, mainly of small businesses. They were following me. It's unlikely they were following multiple social media managers, possibly, you know, another couple, but they're following me for a reason and it doesn't matter whether other people are sharing. At the end of the day, we're all doing the same thing. We're all using the same platform. We've all got the same advice. There is only certain ways that you could do things on social media. So there is repetition, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't post it. No, and if they are following five social media managers, for example, that you are the one out of those five that they think shares the best advice those other four share this big update and you don't, they'll be like, well, hang on, is this not real? Because Laura hasn't talked yeah. about it. Or, you know, what What do they think then? Yeah, Laura's not up to date. So yeah, actually, she's, she's not on top of it like everybody else. So let's divert my attention to the other people because they're on it. Yeah. In the inner hub, we have the Newswire, which when as soon as we hear 
of changes on social media platforms. We pop it on there, often links to articles, etc. So you can go away, you know, create some content that positions yourself as someone who is keeping completely on top of all of the changes that happen on social media. And it's a great way to produce content. There's always changes on social media. So if you're looking for content inspiration, well, that, that's normally at least one a week. Yeah. I think there's three different types of, of content. And we talk about this quite a lot as well within our membership. There's three different types of content that can help you to position yourself as an expert or a leader um, in your field to your audience. So we call this our 3P framework. And as I said, we talk about this quite a lot. So you might hear this come up in podcasts a lot in the future. So the first sort of type of content, the first P out of those three Ps is positioning content. So this is all of the content that will position you as the expert and show that you know what you're talking about. So this is where we were talking about like the tips and the advice and all of that sort of thing, the hacks and all of, you know, how to create a, a post on Instagram and how to make a fancy story, all of those sorts of things. So that's your positioning content, but your positioning content could also include like your testimonials, your results, case studies, all of that stuff. Then there's the problem solving content. And that's where you really get to know who your audience is and what problems they're having and offering the solution. And sometimes you might be the solution, as in they would come to you and they would actually work with you. But sometimes you might literally tell them what they need to do. So it might be some tips to overcome their problem that they're facing. And think about problems that are not just, oh, I don't know how to get more engagement on Instagram. It might be, I feel really guilty because my kids are watching the TV and I've got my phone in my hand all the time because I'm trying to promote my business on Instagram. So all those different types of problems that they're facing. And then the third P is the one that we see people fail to do time and again. And that is promotional content. So you need to make sure that you are promoting your services and people know how they can work with you because there's no point just being another random person on social media, sharing great tips and advice and solving people's problems. If they don't realize that you're actually a business that they can actually pay to come and work with you. So make sure that you are definitely selling on social media. I think there's this big mix, isn't there? You shouldn't sell on social. Social media isn't about selling. Well, it actually is. Because how else you going to make money? But it's just ridiculous. Hey, like, why would you even have business accounts? Then I hope no one ever really listens to that kind of advice because it's bullshit. Yeah, agree. So to sum up, don't trust somebody's expertise based purely on their follower numbers or that little blue tick. Don't think that somebody's an expert or more of an expert than you are because they've got a bigger audience or because they're sharing information before you. And just make sure that you are doing everything you can to position yourself to your audience, no matter how big or small, so that they see you as the leader and you're giving them all that information and, and advice that they need. And don't compare yourself to other people. Yeah, agree. If you're looking for ways that you can promote yourself on social media, then obviously remember our 3P framework and check out the link we're going to put in the show notes to our content bank, which provides you with tons of ideas that you can use to promote your social media business um, on social, which actually follows that 3P framework as well. We'll put the link to that in the show notes. Other than that, we will see you in another episode.